Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Stasis Pod... What am I doing? <laughs> what? Yeah. There's an outtake. Uh, You'll uh, have some outtakes when I inevitably end up screaming because Edgar has just climbed up my bare leg, which he's absolutely considering doing right this moment. Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Rescue Bots podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. In search of extraterrestrials, magic and witchcraft, missing persons, and griffins, I'm David. And I'm Leonard Nimoy. (laughs) I'm running around Stormwind trying to find where the griffin rider is. Did did anyone else watch uh, In Search Of? Oh my god, yeah. In Search Of is one of those things, it must have been on like Saturday mornings or something, or or Sunday mornings. Like, I remember watching it all the time, like that and Lauren Green's New Wilderness. We're like... That I've never heard of, (laughs) I'm up really early, it's reruns of shit from the 70s, I'm having a bowl of cereal, way too much sugar, I'm hyper. In the uh, the 90s, A&E ran it on weekday mornings, so I'd always watch it before I went to school, and I was super into like... Paranormal cryptozoology stuff as a kid. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, <laughs> what was this around age fourteen? No, more like age eight or nine. Oh, you started early. Well, I, I probably started early too. Like, it, it, there's that that age and maybe young girls. What? Definitely a young boy's life. Sometime before ten, and sometime up to like fifteen, where you're obsessed with all the weird shit you can find, monsters and books and crazy shit in the library about alien abductions that you really should not be reading. But there's probably way worse shit you can find online now that people get obsessed with. Conveniently for me, that coincided with the the popularity of the X-Files. Also, in the 90s, on basic cable, uh, before I went to school, I was too busy watching G1 and Robotech. (sighs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, but no, no, the the, the In Search of theme song, that synth stuff has been in my head for a long time and might be playing in the background right now. Nope, it's time for Sci-Fi Cartoon Quest. <laughs> I I still think that I I would probably still be freaked out by the uh, the in search of Amityville horror episode. Ooh, probably because it, I'm guessing it was lying a lot. Oh yeah, I mean it's, it's you know hey the Amityville horror this thing actually happened instead of something that uh, you know we're we're trying to get out of this uh, crummy crummy mortgage. I, uh, my, uh, my second job, uh, when I was 18 was, uh, at a mall bookstore back when those were a thing that existed. Uh, and I absolutely, Malls and bookstores. yeah, I absolutely took home the occasional copy of the 40 and times, which we absolutely carried. Which is something I always heard of, but never read. And uh, anyways, this is relevant because this episode is in search of. The Griffin's Nest. Ooh, man! I bet that I title is an intentional was a reference. Deliberate in search of. I bet. I bet it is. Well, considering the way Cody acts in the episode, I have to. I would have to assume so. Yeah, it's an intentional homage. I mean, this is definitely Cody. In you know, in that uh, aforementioned uh, Fortean phenomenon phase. <laughs> yes. Yes. And uh, this uh, this episode first aired on. 
uh, June 7th, 2014, written by frequent episode writer Zach Atkinson. Uh, this is his second episode. Uh, mm-hmm. he, pre- he previously did Prescott's Bots. Oh. Nice. And, and we'll do five more episodes. Yeah, this seems this. like a guy who has been influenced by, uh, too much, like, 90s and aughts <laughs> cable. Yes. Like, when AMC forgot what the M stood for. <laughs> <laughs> Lost civilizations, extraterrestrials, myths and monsters, missing persons, magic and witchcraft, unexplained phenomena. In search of cameras are traveling the world, seeking out these great mysteries. And uh, we open with our lad pioneers. The uh, the royalty-free version of the Boy Scouts, possibly just localized on Griffin Rock. Yes. I mean... Cody is, of course, a member, and he's got three pals with him, who we see a little bit of in this episode. Very, uh, very ethnically diverse. Gonna have his ethnically diverse posse. And if this was maybe uh, a little more PG than rated uh, G, it would be maybe a little more Stand By Me. (laughs) Yeah! Yeah. Also, I mean, Cody I, would I, never go out to go see a dead body, but... I absolutely should not cast aspersions at uh, appropriately diverse uh, groups of scouts, because my Girl Scout troop was also diverse to the point of having an actual girl in a wheelchair, so Ooh. yay for diversity. It's actually very realistic. You're a regular Burger King Kids Club. Yes. <laughs> Aww. And uh, and speaking and uh, yeah, so Cody is talking about uh, Griffins, which it does. And apparently, Griffin Rock was named after the fact that it houses a rock that is shaped like a griffin. The rock that's shaped like a griffin, really? Which allegedly? I mean, that's like talking about Mount Rushmore being like a, <laughs> a mountain shaped like the president's. It really feels like it's a carving. Like, someone made it shaped like a griffin. Well, it's very rough, but yeah, somebody must have worked it to a degree. Because <laughs> it's too griffin-shaped to be accidental, just like, oh, that, that that mountain sort of looks like some guy's face. No, it was chiseled. I guess that's why they... They have this whole mythology about it being a real griffin. Because you, that clearly yes. didn't occur in nature. <laughs> and he is uh, he's looking to uh, get his Lad Pioneer's folklore badge. So he's uh, hes deep into a, uh, a Fortiania hole. Yes. And also, he's, uh, he's up to some Dennis the Menace-esque shenanigans. Uh, did you know anybody who ever used a slingshot like this? No. Successfully, no. I knew kids who had a slingshot, and they were generally not to be trusted because they were out to break (laughs) shit. I did not, because I did not grow up in 1957. I'm pretty sure... Technically, I had a slingshot, but it was a my dad. I'm pretty sure I had a degenerate cousin somewhere who had, like, the, like, actual modern hunting slingshot that has, like, a wrist brace portion that folds down oh, and yeah. like the whole thing. I definitely remember coming into contact with one of those 
Also, I had a bunch of di- of degenerate cousins. <laughs> delinquents. I, they were delinquents. I think I, I think I might have made a slingshot on my own once, but I don't think it worked very well. Like, I, I don't think I used, like, the right kind of rubber band thing. Well, Cody has apparently been using his frequently enough that he's developed a bunch of trick shots. Yes. He has Ooh. been practicing. So he, uh, he ricochets a, a rock off the Griffin Rock, and this somehow triggers a gigantic earthquake. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't actually. It's just a coincidence. Yes. It does kind of seem like the Griffin is waking up, but then it doesn't. Yes. You... You angered the island god! Don't shoot it in the face! We're going to have to get back over the Forbidden Bridge. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this uh, s- sets off earthquakes all over the island. Uh, you know, the, the chief know- knows that Cody is on the mountain, so he tells him to get off in case there's a rock slide. Uh, but, you know, there, there, there are no rock slides there. There's just a mysterious flying car. Just flying. Just, you know... Hmm. Trucking through the sky. They do make a point Uh, to show that the car does not have anyone driving it. So, you know, that's important. And also Chase notes that there are no flying cars registered on Griffin Rock, which is a little surprising. Yeah, Yeah. that sounds fake. I I think he specifically says no flying cars currently registered. Yeah, there there were. Which, again, seems like there really should be at least one. the guy with the helmet. Uh, well, I assume they keep registering them, and then they keep dying in hideous accidents. Possibly. Yeah, or at so least no the longer car's registered. Being, at least the car is being destroyed. I mean, the people yes. aren't necessarily dying in hideous accidents. Maybe no. they are. Now, Griffin Rock has a much lower casualty rate than you would expect. Yes. Hmm. I mean, I would expect it to be fairly low, because it's the site of a children's show. I also like how leisurely this car is uh, flying. Yeah, it's just sort of like flying. Like, it's not hurtling. It's just flying. Well, I mean, no. it's, it's flying at about the rate that it would drive if it was a car. I kind of need somebody to be making Jetsons noises with this. Yes. Or, or uh, the noise that Magneto makes when he drives to the Baxter building to harass <laughs> them. Because his car does not need gas. The very sight of that sign offends me. <laughs> yes. Which was like the first thing that popped in my head when I saw the flying cars. Like, Magneto's che- here? What? Check out the 70s Fantastic Four cartoon before Magneto had dignity. <laughs> <laughs> he's, voiced by, he's voiced by John Stevenson, the voice of Thundercracker and Mr. <laughs> Slate, and he just sounds like a confused old man. <laughs> yeah, I like... That sounds yeah. about right. Like, he thinks he has dignity, but he's lost it. Well, he's, he's riding around in what appears to be a rotorless helicopter with a big M painted on the front. I mean, he doesn't need a rotor. He can It kind of looks like a Christmas sleigh with a roof on it. Because <laughs> it's got, like, the runners. Anyway, so and yeah. Arya it, has it, decided she has to go outside. She does not need to go outside. But just in case you hear... The sad, forlorn cries of a cat in the background. That's Arya feeling that she should be allowed to go on the porch. And she <laughs> should not.
And meanwhile, meanwhile, a mysterious crime wave has struck Green Rock as a number of bikes, satellite dishes, and a toy rocket have been uh, stolen as well. <gasps> Simultaneous thefts. Yes. So, meanwhile, this car gets to the gets to the Green Rock and then just falls, and the uh, the lad pioneers have to flee it as it just topples down the mountain like uh, the car at the end of the Toons' skits on uh, Saturday Night Live. <laughs> well, that's, uh, now it's time to start the episode. That's how you know it's time to start the episode. Uh, yes. More references for old people. Yeah, so Chase gets there. There is nobody in the car. Hmm. And uh, they, they call up the owner, which uh, turns out to be Mr. and Mrs. Rubio, who we have seen previously. Not Marco Rubio, uh, I assume. Thankfully, not Marco Rubio. <laughs> he is like one of the frequent. Uh, he's one of the frequent background guys. Uh, way back when he, uh, his wife was pregnant, and they had to speed her to the hospital. Huh. Oh. But not the time in animated when some random human's wife is pregnant. They have to speed her to the hospital, and it's Spike and Carly. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, wait, uh, have we had references to previous cartoon humans in this show? Not yet. <gasps> okay. Yeah. Because I'm gonna say, like, this is this would be the perfect show to like have like one-off background characters like Spike and. It hasn't really happened, but we are going to see a previous Transformers human character uh, return in a big way. <gasps> Okay. And it and it's definitely not a character you're expecting. Is it Silas? <laughs> of course not. Is it a character from one of the shows we've done on the podcast? No. I am okay. not expecting Silas. Is it Rad? I know which one I want it to be. I want it to be Silas. Think of think extremely goofy generation one episodes. Oh, I oh, can think of a geez. lot of extremely goofy gen. Is it Doctor Archiville? I'm afraid. I mean, Doctor Archiville would, would be you the most appropriate. Goofier, goofier. What? Dirk Manis. Goofier. <laughs> the kids from Bot. Goofy. I would say goofier and also less menacing. <laughs> okay. Well, definitely less menacing. They're terrors, but. Possibly the, goof, possibly the single goofiest episode of Generation 1. Oh, man. That's saying a lot. Well, wow. I guess we'll get there eventually, but... We will get there. Now I need to know, but you should just tell me, like, in chat, so that yeah, we just, don't spoil the audience. Yeah. Well, I'll just have to ask if you two... Uh, do you two remember the Boar War? Oh! <laughs> That's okay. Right. Wow. Okay. That is actually a good choice. That's uh, that's pretty goofy. I think that uh, is appropriate. I think no Dirk Manis would be entirely inappropriate for a children's show and or around children at all. I mean, just the the, the fact that he's named Dirk Manis. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if he hangs out with the the fake Han Solo from that one Next Generation episode. Oh, maybe. Uh, what is it? What is the outrageous Okona? <laughs> what? Wait. Is that the guy I'm thinking of? He's, he's played by the Rocketeer. He's very much a oh, fake okay. hand. So at one point he sleeps with Terry Hatcher. Anyway, okay. this no, episode. That, yes. <laughs> Many digressions. So yeah, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Ruby were having a picnic, and then their car left without them. Mm. Yes. Unfortunately. 
So the the tremor uh, was on Wayward Island, and as we can, that was the uh, that was the island where there was a a weird meteor that had a virus on it. With the episode that uh, that Bumblebee guest starred on. Oh yeah. Oh. Okay. So this is the weird island they go to when they need to okay. be out away from yes. the the other more slightly less dangerous island. In a couple seasons, they'll find a frozen caveman there. Huh. It, it, I get the impression from this episode that this, uh, <laughs> that, that this island has not been, like, explored properly or not documented. Not really, no. Which does seem weird, especially considering, like, it's next to Science Island with their fake volcano and the island where they dump misfit machines. And then I think there's a different island that had the pirate ship on it. Yes. Yeah. Wasn't that? No. No, that was It's not this island, because that that one was hard to get to. Like, it's surrounded by rocks and reefs and shit. Yes. I was thinking the iceberg, but that was, uh... That was a different ship. That was just ice. That was not a pirate ship. That was just a regular ship. No, this is one that, like, Cody found on his own, and he sailed it out of there. Yeah, so there's at least, like, four islands in this chain here. It's a regular archipelago. Have we seen a lighthouse yet? This is Maine. There should be, like, at least one lighthouse on every island. I'm pretty sure... I think we did see... Did we... Or wait, we saw a bell tower. Bell tower, yeah. I don't know that we've seen a lighthouse. Was the bell tower in the pirate island? Oh, that was the lost bell. I think, I thought maybe the bell, boy, was the bell on the pirate ship or was it on the ice ship? I can't remember. Um, yeah, no, we're getting confused. There's so many islands. Anyway, anyway, I assume the town lighthouse is manned by the Griffin Rock versions of Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. <laughs> yeah, oh, they if if in this series, because this is kind, this is the longest Transformer series. If there is not an episode like a bottle episode in a lighthouse, I will be disappointed. I don't know that I see that happening. But it's so mean. Like if you've been to New England, there's freaking lighthouses everywhere. Not all of them, all of them used anymore, but it should be there. I do feel like I went up to a few lighthouses in Fallout Four, but I could be mistaken. It just seemed like it, it gives me the feeling that none of the writers were from New England. Well, there was that whole episode about lobsters. <laughs> okay, admittedly, so one of them is definitely for New England, but where's the lighthouse episode? Man, I'm just sitting here trying to resist the urge to impulse to order a copy of the complete books of Charles Fort, which I used to have and which Ooh. I do not have anymore. Well, it's probably good for finding weird ideas you want to stick in a novel. I'm pretty I, sure I lent somebody I think my he copy. Covered, like, sky jelly and stuff. I'm pretty sure I lent someone my copy in like 1998. <laughs> anyway, on the subject of, you know, paranormal phenomena. Yeah, so, so anyway, this earthquake apparently busted the earthquake sensor they had on Wayward Island. So they are going to go and check it out. Now, uh, now, of course, Cody wants to go because he believe he thinks that the island there might be that might be where the Griffin's nest is uh, for, of course, female Griffins, which are invisible? Question mark. Yeah, I don't now. Admittedly, I'm not like super up on my 
mystical creature folklore, but I don't remember anything about female griffins being invisible away from your net, their nest so that nothing can follow them back to it. That, uh, I mean, d- d- that sounds fake. <laughs> well, it sounds well, fake for griffins. But it, it's, it does sound like the kind of myth you would get in America, possibly. Well, not like a Native American myth, but more like a crazy lumberjack myth. Yeah, well, those are <laughs> because they were made up when they were drunk. Yes. <laughs> well, and uh, indeed, Cody's getting all this from the Old Timer's Guide to Main Island Folklore. Yeah, that also sounds Which, like something like, that is largely stuff that was made up when people were drunk. I assume it's like half Stephen King books. It have to be because, like, it it feels weird that there's no mention of like local Native American myth in this episode. It's a chapter Griffin. for the Tommy Knockers. Well, Griffins are primarily European. Yes, that's yes. the thing. Like, Which is why they're in Stormwind and not on Kalimdor. Like a Stormwind is the European <laughs> Runfest kingdom. Yeah, but, but they have like, liverns. I did a quick Google search looking for, oh, is there a Native American mythical creature in the main area? And there's a Palmola. I do, what is that now? Which is, has the head of a moose, the body of a man, the wings and feet of an eagle. From the, the what is it, the Abenaka tribes. There, it is in the vicinity of New England tribes. You could have referenced that instead of just the Griffin. Admittedly, the island is called Griffin Rock. The statue is a Griffin Rock. But tying it into previous myths of this area, you could have tried. It, it just feels really weird. That it's like, oh, it's an ancient myth about a Griffins in North America. What? Yeah. Well, they get they do kind of explain that though. Oh, yes. I I'll I have questions about that explanation, Jen, and I hope you're going to answer them. <laughs> okay. Carry on. All right. So, so since we had five griffins on this island, I said we'd better stay away from that uh, Salem's lots full of vampires. <laughs> because I assume the the book is also written with a thick main accent. Yes. Uh, that's one of those Stephen King books I should have read, but never did. Which one? Salem's Lot? Salem's Lot, because at least it's a concept I think I would like. Like, oh, Dracula's back and he's married in New England? What? I actually read reread that, like, just a couple years ago, because, okay. Was because of there suddenly being a bunch of remakes of Stephen King stuff, possibly because of Stranger Things. Like, it was really hard to find any at the used bookstore, so I basically just bought oh, whichever ones they actually had copies of, and that was one of them. Was it any good? Oh my god, Some, yeah. something that could actually exhaust used bookstore supply of Stephen King books? As weird. someone who used to work at a used bookstore, I know, right? <laughs> actually, th- there's a thing I'm surprised with all the Stephen King things that were happening after Stranger Things. Where the hell are the Ge- Dean Koontz readaptations? <laughs> Nobody wants that. Nobody likes Dean Koontz. I know, but like Dean <laughs> Koontz is, is like the friendly dog version of, of Stephen King, like just wagging his tail, trying to be happy and, and do things like big old Stephen. But also make things scary. Yeah, like his books aren't utterly horrible. They're just a little bit dumbed down from Stephen King, which in some degrees with Stephen King might be a good thing. But it, it it's amazing that I like anything of his hasn't been optioned. Like I haven't seen that commercial for a, a movie based on something. There was recently. not 
real recently, but a few years ago there was one. I know it was on Netflix. I don't. It might have been direct to Netflix, but it had Anton Yelchin in it, which is I why that's I watched Odd it. Odd Thomas. Yes. Which so I know because I, I watched uh, The Mummy the other day, and it's uh, Stephen Summers. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, I don't know that Dean Koontz adaptation has ever actually made any money. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Like, I think the biggest one was the one that was based upon a giant amoeba that thought it was Satan, and I can't remember the name of that. I just know it's one of the- Was Stephen it Phantoms? King. Yes. It's one of the you few know, Stephen King, or Dean Koontz books I own. <laughs> But it's somewhere. Well, you know, uh, Ben Affleck was the bomb in Phantoms. <laughs> yeah. I have not uh, reread any. Yeah, I am looking at a list of Dean Koontz adaptations, and the only one that anybody's ever seen is Phantoms. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, uh, or maybe the 70s movie Demon Seed, which is about Julie Christie being impregnated by a computer. That was. He's been writing that long? Jeez. Koontz has been around. Well, Koontz has been around longer than you'd think. And also, he, he dies here. He had a robust back catalog when I started getting into all that stuff in the 90s. So, yeah, he's he's yeah. been around a while. Wow. Now, I'm not sure if Demon Seed or Phantoms is better. They're both dumb. <laughs> <laughs> and there's also uh, Watchers, which is Corey Haim, and I think there's a talking dog. Okay, that one has to be the one that's made the most, because there's like three or four sequels. They're, yes. They're garbage, but they're sequels. Well, it's possible that it's just cheap, because you, you just need to get a dog and dub a guy talking over it. Well, no. No, the dog doesn't talk talk. The dog talks, oh. like, well, in the first movie book, like, he talks with Scrabble tiles. And maybe in future movies they just cut it out the middle, man, and yes, the dog could talk. <laughs> but you also need a monster costume. Admittedly, I think in at least one of the movies, they just have a guy who's a serial killer, not a literal monster. Oh. So, yeah, they set sa- the the bots set sail for Wayward Island, with the exception of Chase, who's uh, staying behind in to investigate the mysterious rash of thefts. So we, we take off on the Darby Ava, which we have seen before, hmm. and does raise questions about how they know the Darby family. Yes. <laughs> Again. <laughs> I'm telling you. And ya. also, uh, speaking of the Darby family, uh, R.I.P. to Marky Post. <sighs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't know she was 70, but still, that's too young. Yes. Yeah. Uh, always good on Prime. Yeah. Yeah. Making inappropriate comments about Optimus. That's right. <laughs> So yeah, they they get there. Blades is freaking out because he is, of course, perpetually terrified of monsters. Because well, he's yes. the best. Monsters are terrifying. Yes, and of course he figures that the the Griffin has stolen these items missing from the mainland to uh, to feather her nest, so to speak. Well, I think I guess so to speak feathers. It is literally going to a nest, though. Yes. As far as his beliefs. He believes it is definitely going to a nest. And uh, so so they get super lost because their compass doesn't work. And then they find a uh, an enormous lodestone. And uh, strangely yes. enough, 
Uh, it, is, is it Cody who doesn't know what a lodestone is? Or no, it's Grant. Or who, who is it? Wait, yeah, somebody doesn't. I think it's Cody, and it seems like that's something a lad pioneer would need to know. Yeah, or especially a child obsessed with myth- mythical monsters and things. Sure. I knew what that was when I was nine. It's like the, it's like the guys never read an issue of Darkhawk. <laughs> that was uh, one of Darkhawk's recurring villains. Wait, Darkhawk. One of Darkhawk's recurring villains was a giant rock with a lot of iron in it. No, it was like a sexy lady with magnet powers. Okay, that sounds Dark better. Darkhawk had enough issues to have a recurring villain. Yes. Darkhawk lasted fifty issues, Jen. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's fifty issues, and and then with the the reboot that came out of the um, Annihilation stuff was like, was that like twelve or twenty four issues? Something like that. Well, I mean. Jen, how can I talk about Darkhawk's uh, villains without his recurring nemesis, Evil Hawk? <laughs> oh. Wait, did, didn't that, didn't Evil Hawk come back recently? Did he get a new name, or am I thinking of something else? I think you're still thinking of something else, because how can you come up with a better name than Evil Hawk? Yeah, uh. that's like the best name, clearly. I mean, the thing, I mean, the, you can see the thing there. Well, okay, so he's like the dark reflection of Darkhawk, but Dark's already in Darkhawk's name. Yeah. So we have to go with something else that's that's like that. How about I'm sure there's a bunch of scrap of paper. Darker Hawk. <laughs> I mean, I would suggest... Bad Hawk. I would suggest Emo Hawk, but Red Dwarf already took that name. Well, and also, we didn't have Emo in the 90s yet. We hadn't been well, invented. No. Yeah. It would be Angsty uh, Hawk. And, of course, the Transformers connection to Dark Hawk is that it was written by Danny Fingeroth, the man who was the oh. model... For Donnie Finkelberg, the Robot Master. Yes. Who was, I guess, Bob Bodiansky's longtime rival at Marvel, which is kind of amusing. <laughs> that, it kind of feels weird that Bodiansky had a rival, but it does kind of make sense. I mean, rival to a degree in Marvel offices. Anyway. I mean, I guess they came in at the same time, and they, you know, they were... Not that they had offices. But it is hilarious. Man, mm. assuming that... TFCon still happens in October and we haven't all died of like the Lambda variant or something. I absolutely need to ask Bob Budiansky if if uh anything about that Robot Master subplot was inspired by Condor Man. <laughs> I will have that opportunity. I can ask him. Did did he did did Robot Master get a themed car? Sadly no. <sighs> But he did have a yellow costume. Hmm. So, the, and there are also uh, Viking runes carved on this giant lodestone, and a bunch of pictures of griffins. Now, Jen, you okay. are the Norse mythology expert here. Yes. Did the Vikings believe in griffins? I don't... I mean, like, dragons, for instance, there are, like, actual stories that involve dragons. Uh, so that's more like there's clear evidence that that was part of their, their mythology. Uh, I guess they're just sort of that, that general, uh, like, I wouldn't say that there's nothing. I would say it's maybe Scandinavian. Now I want to go to Wikipedia. Well, the, the Griffin is, I believe, originally from Greek mythology. Okay. Or, uh, I think it isn't, maybe it's Mesopotamian, the origin might be older, mm. but mostly Greek and Roman and stuff. 
Yeah. So. Oh, no, I think- Wait, the Griffin might actually be Arabic? Wait, I remember, I remember looking this up one time. You made me think of the Manticores. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm looking at Wikipedia and it's definitely saying that Griffins are more of a Mediterranean thing, so it's possible that they would have heard of them just because they traveled everywhere. Uh, but they, I'm not aware of them ever actually, like, being referenced in anything the way that dragons were. Well, no, even, like, in Norse mythology, do the dragons even have wings? I don't know. That's a good question. Because I I can't think of it. Like, Jormungandr, the world-eating serpent, is just... Well, yeah, but that's serpent. a serpent. I'm thinking more like Fafnir. I don't recall oh, if Fafnir is explicitly. He definitely doesn't have definitely doesn't have wings in the Thor comics. No, so, I don't and, know and that. But, I don't think he had wings in the like one of the oldest black and white movies ever made. Anyway, <laughs> I've I've got an obvious explanation for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, griffins were real in the sense that the Vikings and other ancient peoples. Saw the uh, saw the Predacons from Transformers Prime. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. We'll we'll yeah, no prize yes. that one. Some of them Shit, were very Griffin like. In fact, remember, there's one that turns into an Ursa Griff. Yeah. There's probably a Hippogriff and various other things. So yeah, they're just uh, they're these are just petroglyphs or these are just uh, yeah uh, runes depicting Predacons. Oh. Ah, there you go, and it's in the Prime. Uh, Same universe as Prime, so... That's right. Okay, it checks out. This this is the best no-prize answer ever, Rob. Well, this is for this continuity because it makes sense. I like it. I like it a lot. So, okay, so we, we're on this island. Uh, there's a giant lodestone, and all the objects that have been disappearing and mysteriously flying are made of metal. Mm-hmm. That's true. I- unless you're the insane clown posse, you may have figured this one out already. <laughs> yeah. Because it actually, it is a very old car that goes flying back when they did use metal and not fiberglass. Yeah, if someone had a Corvette, it would not. Be, it would be staying put. Yeah. And it, it turns out that our heroes are, of course, also made of metal, and something starts yanking at them. And also the boat, and the entire engine gets pulled out of the boat. Yeah, so R.I.P. <laughs> the Derby Ava. Uh, she was a fine ship. That that made me very sad to see their recurring ship torn apart in such a manner. Especially because they had, uh, like, they could have just taken any ship, but it's like one of those times in a series when, like, their signature traveling vehicle gets all like you know like their spaceship gets all busted up or something and it's sad well it's I like think uh, the mandalorian's they... ship getting all torn oh, up the uh well the good news is i think they're going to get another boat at some point and that boat is going to be michael bell <laughs> <laughs> but is it going to be called the michael bell it should be called no, the Michael Bell. No, it's going to sound like Michael Bell. Oh, okay. That's okay, then. That's acceptable. And also, the uh, they're starting to tow away this uh, wrecked car, and then both the car and the tow truck get whisked out to sea. That's pretty oh, great. That, that's a great comedy beat, because the mechanic is, is it just finished hooking up the car to the, the tow truck. 
He turns around to get his toolbox. Toolbox. He turns around, he sees this stuff flying away, and then his toolbox flies off his hands. (laughs) (laughs) Very good comedy beat there. Yeah. So, of course, the obvious explanation for this is that all these things are being wished away by invisible griffins. (laughs) Of course. Yes, of course. To build its nest. Or watch the skies. Yep. So with uh, with them cut off, it, it, eventually this uh, this mysterious invisible force cuts off, and they are released. And this the car and the tow truck plummet into the ocean, and the the engine just narrowly misses, uh, clobbering uh, Cody and uh, Graham. Yeah, there, there's a lot of close call peril in this episode. Yes, yes, a lot of those very tiny brief moments of peril. And then everybody else is taking uh, Doc Green's floating lab to uh, to help them out. So you would think that maybe they would have access to a different ship that maybe isn't full of, like, things that are probably constantly on the verge of exploding. <laughs> uh, well, good news, because we are now in Indiana Jones territory, because they have found an ancient griffin temple. Sure. See, again, sure. like I said, maybe they needed to like properly survey this island at some point. Y- yes. And it is full of Indiana Jones style traps, including primitive air guns that shoot giant boulders at people. <laughs> yeah, it, it's. Uh, it even goes kind of boulder at beyond. boulder. <laughs> okay, I didn't put that one together, but yeah, it, it's like Indiana Jones. D&D traps, booby traps, and this giant causeway with pressure plates. Lots of vines, so blades can't fly. How long were these Vikings on this island that they were so bored they made this obstacle course? I mean... Uh, Maybe this is like a Vinland thing. Yeah. Well, I I guess it was warmer than Vinland, so... Yeah, I mean, look, it's like... Back in back when I lived up in the middle of the nowhere, you had to drive like an hour and a half to get to another Walmart that wasn't the Walmart that was in town. So you go there and you don't want to just run in and look at the action figures and see that they don't have, you know, like some beast machines thing and then leave. You want to hang around for a little bit because you took so long to drive there. So they took so long to get to this island. They're not just going to immediately turn around and leave. They're going to make something fun while they're there. They're going to go to Arby's. (laughs) (laughs) Build a temple. They're going to build a temple for fun. I mean, they were were, uh, trying to get their, uh, what is it, the Legends of the Hidden Temple reboot off the ground? Yeah. I mean, they... These, this is getting in so goofy that they might as well run into Olmec at this point. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and at one point, while looking for Griffins, they find Puffins. Yes. Aw, oh, Puffins. Yeah. Porgs. But luckily, it turns out that the way to avoid these traps is to just move really fast, because they were built a thousand years ago, and they're not very fast. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. The blades can't fly. Well, not as fast as cars, but yeah, there, there's there's too many viney things overhead, so blades has to run. Middle is a giant robot, but you can still outrun most of these traps. And uh, 
in the center of this temple, they do find the griffin's nest. And it's full of shiny things. Why is there lava? And also there's lava. How? Is is this connected to the artificial volcano they made on Griffin Rock? Is this where say, they get yes, the lava where, from? This is, this is, this is where the lava flow? overflow goes. I feel like there are way too many instances in this series where I find myself saying, why is there lava? Yes, <laughs> in that there's more than one. <laughs> So yes, the nest is a, a big sort of uh, sloped pillar uh, with a big viney nest-looking thing at the top that's got a bunch of metal detritus that it's pulled in. And just around the base of it, there's just a, you know, maybe 10-foot, like, moat of lava around it for reasons. Because of lava. Yeah, how, like, be, because they needed a danger that the robots can later possibly fall into. But yes. it's like a crevasse would have done. Lava without, like, you know, the sulfur, the fumes, the heat boiling the small child nearby. What? Yes. So the soon the mystery is revealed. This earthquake sensor fell into this nest, it's electrified all of this magnetic rock, becoming a super electromagnet. And as it intermittently turns on and off, it causes these pulses of magnetic power, which has resulted in the bots flying towards it, and also their boat getting caught in a bunch of trees in what I'm going to say is an homage to Werner Herzog's Fitzcarraldo. Sure, sure it is. Okay. You must never go to this magnet island. Uh, 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 Herzog would make so many things more entertaining, and an episode of Transformers is one of them. I I do not want to see the rescue bots meet Klaus Kinski. Well, no, not that part, but like, I'm talking about like normal documentary Herzog. I mean, I mean, there is that dangerous bear, and he did write, uh, he, or he did make a Grizzly Man. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, he 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 was also in a a film about a fake Loch Ness monster, where he was himself in the movie. I think that sounds right. It was a weird movie. It was like it was, it was a fake, real documentary thing. It, oh, I love fake documentaries. Yeah. So final. So uh, it is up to so the. Uh, you know, the magnet has been activated, the, ro- the bots are just about to turn to fall into the lava, and they have got to shut this magnet down. Enter Cody and his slingshot. Yeah, set of up payoff. Yep. Fires off a trick shot, breaks the uh, sensor, the magnet is shut down, and uh, everybody has to admit that they kind of had fun. Even though there was lava, like... Lava yes. is super dangerous, and it's it's a very bad way to die. And, like, just Boulder holding Graham and Cody over the lava and just made me uncomfortable. And it's lava. Yeah. <sighs> hot lava, hot lava. Haven't they ever seen Volcano? Do you not remember what happened to John Carroll Lynch in that movie? Yeah. My mind decided to bring that up as I was trying to fall asleep last night because my mind is an asshole. Uh. I don't even know where that came from. 
All right, so the, yeah, this is this is a totally fine episode. It didn't really grab me, but it's you know it's enjoyable enough. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it, it, as far as episodes go, it's not bad. We haven't really had a bad episode yet, but it, but the the the, the lava is out of nowhere, and and Griffin, why Griffin? I mean, Griffin, Griffin Rock. Rock. But, yeah, because Griffin Rock, mythical mythical Griffins in in ye olde main. Ah, you gotta be careful. The griffins down yeah, the rock. Yeah, I mean, it's, the Viking thing was obviously a stretch because that would be an out. older civilization, an older European civilization that did, you know, wander over to Maine and poke around a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but again, like I said, they might have been aware of griffins just because they did a lot of trade with other civilizations, but that wasn't really like their thing. Yeah. It, but I guess maybe these were like, some Viking weeaboos who were just like super into Mediterranean folklore, so they just sort of like. Uh, you could have had took- a man with with the wings and claws of a bird and a moose head. <laughs> uh, nope. He's like their most Griffins. Canadian monster. I mean, he should give out maple syrup for. St. Swithin's Day or some Canadian holiday. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so I believe that now brings us to David's Tokusetsu Corner. Oh, yes. This week on Gosei Sentai, Die Ranger! Rumbling Child Stones! Uh, the... the, Okay, I I guess from last episode where one of the baddies, before the, the opening really starts, dumped out the monsters of the week from a giant bag... Which is a weird visual, like they're emptying a bag and then it cuts to the shot of the monster of the week. That happens again this week, only it's, it's the female body, Gara, dumping out the monster of the week, which is a um, funeral figurine ventriloquist. So I guess that's going to be a regular thing. Also, he was riding a bicycle in the opening with, with like a little child puppet doll thing in, in the, the basket in the front of the bike. I guess that's going to be a recurring thing. And I love it because it's ridiculous. <laughs> Oh, Haniwa ventriloquist, because uh, Haniwa is a traditional Japanese um, clay doll thing. Sure. It's like a clay monster doll thing. He's the monster of the week. Um, where was it? Oh, the, the, the peacock Buddha Kujaku lady is back in this episode because she hasn't been there in a while, although most of the episode, fo- the episode sort of focuses on her. By way of the Green Ranger, the the one who has a crush on her, who runs a pet shop, he's showing a little girl around his pet shop. It's like, oh, here's a doggy that's afraid of people, but if we're nice to it, it'll eventually it will heal and, and become normal again. Oh, that's going to be a parallel with with the peacock Buddha lady, because the monster of the week is is turning children to stone, and the peacock Buddha, like hypnotizes this child into going to a park <laughs> because a lot of children have been turned to stone in parks, so children are not going outside, but she hypnotizes a child as bait to lure out the monster so she can try to kick the monster's ass and Gara, who stuck her in that mirror 6,000 years ago. So she's on a little revenge trip still. So that's the episode. Her... Or the, uh, the Peacock Buddha versus Gara and the Green Ranger trying to get in there, and the little girl gets captured, and yada yada. But the, because, 
they're trying to find children who are descended from the Gorma tribe, which is what the baddies are, so they can turn the children that have the blood of the Gorma into monsters. Sure, as you do. Uh, yes, as, as your villains of the week do, or villains of the season. And so it's regular fighting, normal stuff, all the peacock things. Um, which, which all culminates in the Green Ranger versus the Haniwa ventriloquist monster, and they get actual screen-on-text title of their fight. Ooh. Like, Haniwa versus Green Ranger. <laughs> They're about to start their standoff. Although it's not like a gunfight, it's, it, it's a kung fu-off, which was kind of neat. I don't think they've done the text-on-screen thingy before, or I just forgot. But it turns out that the monster of the week isn't the monster of the week. The little puppet baby clay monster is the monster controlling, because it's puppeteering the bigger body. And then I mean, if it's horrifying, then that's your monster of the week. Well, yeah. But So they defeat him, and, and uh, the, the peacock Buddha Kujaku lady wanders off into, it looks like a museum where there's scrolls of Buddhas on the wall. It's very odd. And, and she's been injured, and I guess she's dying because one of the metal feathers on her headdress falls off. Is this symbolism? To symbolize that she is dying. Presumably. Yeah. Or is this the, like the meme? Like, is this symbolism? And it's clearly not symbolism. It, 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 it may not be, but I think it is. I, 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 I may <laughs> have missed any uh, lines clarifying that while writing down notes, but yeah, there, there was a good episode. I, 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 how do you all are one of those, those things, if you've seen an anime or something, you start seeing them everywhere. Because it's like mm-hmm. it's like ancient civilization stuff in Japan that that pops up your clay tabs like um your dogu or oh no wait no no is it dogu the little, little clay statue thing is it the recurring designs that are used in monsters in a lot of series including a couple series like I think Jig like they're the main villains or the main main I was going monsters. to say this sounds like something that's probably shown up in Pokemon. Oh, probably, yeah. If there's a weird thing with strange eyes that looks like it's made of clay and pottery, th- th- that's going to yes. be a Honeywa-based. Ah, so that was yes. Neat. Yes, there is. I think it's called Clay Doll. Oh. It's Pokemon. Clay Doll. Anyway, good episode. Uh, next week, we're getting a sixth ranger. Oh, yeah, Clay Doll. Yeah, that, that's definitely Honeywa-based. I guess Baltoy is the the smaller Yes. Clay doll Pokemon. Baltoy? Alright. So so that uh that does it for us this week. We'll be back next week with more exciting rescue bots action. Until then you can find us all over the internet. We are on Twitter, we're on Facebook, and we have a Patreon. Yes, we are hosted on IaconUnderground.net where we have a paste a Patreon, a Patreon setup. I, I want a donut to help with the hosting and other expenses. That is patreon.com slash Iacon Underground. Uh, this month, for some reason, we are enduring kingdom, so you don't have to. Except, I guess you probably may feel like you have oh. to as well. Oh. I actually watched the whole thing for a different podcast 
that that we recorded right around when it came out uh and it was uh it was not fair at all uh ant from tfu.info got just a bunch of random podcast buddies together uh, but then he also invited Ben Yi so that we wouldn't be too mean because you can't be too mean when Ben Yi is there. <laughs> Ben's just true. It's, it's, it's like trying to badmouth something when your grandma is there. It's just, you, you can't. It's just, you, you feel like a jerk. So, uh, so yes, we will also be discussing, uh, in some depth, the, the first episode of Transformers Kingdom. Uh, I watched the whole series. I think, Rob, you just watched the one episode, didn't you? I watched the first two. And, and, yeah. uh, David, I think you also watched, I watched the first two, two because I could not get to the third. But I will say, it, it's like 80% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, which is confounding. <laughs> Why? So you didn't get to Great Value Code of Hero? No, oh I, I do not. I don't think I could watch that without dying. Yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> you and Dinobot both. Yeah, by uh, the end, I too would be telling people to tell my tale to those who ask. <laughs> uh, so for as little as a dollar a month, you can hear our Patreon specials. Uh, again, that is patreon.com slash Underground. Oh, uh, all right. So we random. We, we we don't mention it often enough. We have a Discord that, that we use. Oh, yes. yes. David wants more people in the Discord because his internet got better. Yes. Uh, <laughs> well, that that's a short form, but yes, but it's like we should, more people in the Discord. Friendly little place. Follow the rules, which you normal. Just don't be an asshole. Basically, come for the memes. Talk about. Toys, toy leaks, movies, random things. And, um, starting, well, act, well, it will have already started, but it won't be. A test! Test! I have fucking good internet, and I am going to be streaming weekly, uh, Toei Spider-Man, and then probably some other Sentai Tokusatsu stuff after that. It's not fair how good your internet is now. It's ridiculous. As of recording, it isn't capped yet, so it is ridiculously good. But it will be capped at some <laughs> point. But I could still, I can stream out stuff now. And I will be streaming it because, um, isn't uh, Toei Spider-Man going to be showing up at the next Spider-Verse movie? That is what it appears. I don't think we've had confirmation, but it certainly looks like that from the market. Yeah, because it's like... Like, we've seen the poster, and it's like a bunch of them putting, like, their fists in a circle, and the one has the wrist thingy yes. that, uh... Like, Toei Spider-Man just looks got. like regular Spider-Man, except it has a specific wrist thing on. And it looks like that wrist yes. thing. And I'm annoyed that Marvel has not yet put out on DVD or SD Blu-ray or anything... Disney Plus. And we know they've got it in some form, because it was on Marvel.com Yeah, for they had it on Marvel.com for, like, a year or two, and then they took it down... Maybe there's some sort of rights issue? I don't know. Presumably there is, but considering how much money Marvel is taking in, they can afford to pay whatever Toei wants. <laughs> they can to just and Maybe it. they're going to release it around the time that uh, Spider-Verse 2 comes out as like a tie-in? I hope so, but I'm going cool. to be streaming it every week for people to come watch on our Discord because I want more people to see it because it's amazing. And it's also, yes. it's also before Super Sentai had giant robots, Spider-Man did it first. 
Yes. Sentai would not have the the monster dies, turns giant, and it gets its ass kicked again by a giant robot if it wasn't for Spider-Man. Maybe someday I'll have a normal work schedule and I'll do the same thing except with Gal Gygar. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, Gal Gygar, you can at least buy Gal Gygar if you can find it. Or you can not- do it in humanoids. Oh, yeah, that's yes. the thing. Yeah, it's like, yes, we, 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 could, we could stream stuff on Discord. Just small group of people have a little watch along. Mute yourself. We watch your thing. We could chat in text. Come on. Come. So yeah, fun. come over to our Discord channel. Uh, if you go to our Twitter account, that is at IaconUG. Uh, I'm going to make sure that that gets, uh, that the link to it gets pinned. Uh, also, if you go to our website at iaconunderground.net, uh, on the right hand side, right up at the top is a link to join our Discord. So yeah, come on in. Say hi. Uh, I'm working on being more chatty when I'm at work because they blocked Discord, like <laughs> with a vengeance on the work network. Uh, so I have to do it on my phone, but. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, uh, it's, it's, uh, it'll be, we need to get more people in there. We have some people in there, but we need more people. We need all the people. <laughs> all right. So until next time, when we uh, deal with a crime spree from bots and robbers, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa. I'm David. Okay. 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 Now let let me find where the fuck ah. Okay, there it is. Uh, Rob. Yeah. Uh-huh. Go look in. Uh, well, you should probably be in our episode planning thing anyway. This is what my internet was last week. I don't know how he lived. I don't know how he survived. Like that's and this like, that's really bad. Is what the internet just. Scored as okay. That looks much better. Yes, I, I have gone from a, a download speed of one point three five megabytes per second, or whatever the thing is, and and my upload was point three nine. Ooh. I have gone to a download speed of nearly five hundred, and an upload of nearly three hundred. <laughs> Admittedly, it hasn't been capped yet. It will be capped lower than that, so they can charge you money. Well, yes, they haven't started charting me money yet, which is like, okay. I like I, that. I, the, I don't uh, know what the bill is. It, it's. I think it should be maybe twenty dollars more, or it might actually work out to less with weird service charge chips. I I like that the little okay. survey question they have on uh, on speedtest.net on the uh, the the before one says, "How does your download speed compare with your expectations?" <laughs> As though saying, did you realize it was that bad? <laughs> yeah, yeah, usually I will put like a three, because, like, yeah, I kind of expect it to be that bad. And, and I mean, then it's shocking that it's still that bad. The but. the after is, how likely is it that you would recommend your ISP to a friend or colleague? Man, I'm jealous. I give it a nine. I, I'm jealous. Not perfect, and I don't know yet, but 
Well, it should be... I think it's going to be capped at 200? 100? I don't know. Either one will still be way higher than one. Yes. Yeah, it's, uh, it was really bad. It was... Yes. It was... Well, the, well, that's the thing. Like, back when I was in Jersey, I stayed on basic phone connection internet for the longest fucking time. Was it DSL or was it dial-up? It was dial-up. Oh... And like, it, like it was getting to the point. It's like, oh, I should really upgrade to DSL or some shit. But then, then I moved to New York. It's like, okay, when I move to New York, I'll get better internet. And I got the best. Well, the best I could get, I think, actually would have been satellite. But satellite, my satellite goes out when it rains, so I didn't want that. Yeah. So I got the great. best DSL I could get at the time, which was slow DSL, even then. Oof. But now, now I live in civilization. <laughs> as far as your internet speeds are concerned. Well, yeah, I, I live in the middle of nowhere, but my internet speeds are, are civilization. And this will be our outtake. <laughs> it's like when my, uh, my, my parents moved out to the country and had to get a business class T1 line so my dad could still telecommute. And people were like, you can't actually, they can't actually have a business class T1 line. And I was like, their $500 a month bill says otherwise. Jesus Christ, I'm, I mean, I'm never gonna pay that, but I'm paying way too much for the shit I have right now. Yeah. Oh, I still gotta cancel the other one. Uh, whatever. Anyway, episode. Okay.